are back in the Football Shed, your weekly football podcast for fans that live in the wrong time zone, like we do in a very sweaty Melbourne right now. Uh, my name's John Hewitt, Jeff King is here. G'day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. Uh, Jeff, is it such a hot day? Did you bring a nice, cool, refreshing drink? No, I am drinking straight rum. Back on the straight rum. Straight rum. Wow, good good choice. Although someone on, on Facebook did say uh, that it's Christmas soon, so we're looking forward to the uh, commentary on Baileys. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should get some Baileys for Christmas. I did send you a picture yeah. of the Baileys advent calendar this week. I think that's great. You should uh, buy yeah, it. Yeah, that will make, make me productive at work, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> Baileys or the... Uh, Aldi. Aldi equivalent. O'Donnell's, I O'Donnell. think is the word you're looking for. <laughs> O'Donnell's, the original Irish cream. Original. Although we did discover that's actually just made out of white wine and milk. Cheap wine and milk, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just pretty gross. <laughs> um, Rog, what did you bring with you? Uh, I've got a Kaiju Crush Tropical Pale Ale tonight, John. Nice. I've, um, I've rocked the boat and actually bought beer because it's so hot. So I've got a Garage Project White Mischief. Oh, your favourite. Which is a salted white peach sour. It's bloody delicious on a warm day. Um, Jeff, is that also, is that one of those fridge beers oh, yeah. that I left that doesn't taste very good? Yeah, it is. the last one left. Really yeah, I've scraping been the barrel. slowly working my way through them. So you're going to go <laughs> rum and then crap beer? Yeah. Welcome Good. to my world. Right, every week we do start with a question. <laughs> but before we uh, get onto that as a bit of admin, if you want to get in contact, ask us a question... Uh, tell us we're wrong about something. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Football Shed or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And of course, tell your mates so more people can hear us chat nonsense. Now, this week's question, shock horror, is about Maurizio Pochettino. Oh, yes. So if anyone's been living under a hole in the last... Under, under a, a hole? hole? In a hole, in a hole. Under, under, under a hole. Right. jumped yes. in there to stick yes. the boot in quickly. <laughs> so if you've missed it, Jose Mourinho is now manager of Spurs and Pochettino got fired by Spurs yesterday, which is... Uh, it all happened so quick. Wait, yesterday? Now I'm well, confused. It depends where you live, Roger. Yeah. Right, okay. Where do you live? Uh, Melbourne. Well, today then. This yeah, morning. Next question. Yep. <laughs> so the question about Pochettino... <laughs> How many games did it take Pochettino to get to 100 wins at Spurs? Ooh. Is it a trick question? No, it's just a genuine question. Uh, In all competitions? Uh, I think it's Premier League. I don't know 168. yet. 168. Um, what was it? 100 points, did he say? No. 100, 100 games. How many games did it take him to win 100. It's just, you just got to pick a number. Um, say, well, no, I'm trying to think because I reckon, you know, like going at two points a game is good, but then how many does that mean you win the season? I'm overthinking it. I'll go, uh, took him, what do you say, 150? 168, I said. Uh, I'll say less, 150. <laughs> it took Pochettino 169 games. Oh, oh, oh now, the reason I brought that up is only two people have ever beat, gone faster to win 100 games for one club. Mourinho. Mourinho, 142 for Chelsea, and Fergie, 162 for Man United. So, he's got an impressive record. Fergie got to 100 wins in only 162 games. Yeah. That, that is even more impressive because his start was crap. 
Yeah, true. Like his this first, his first season that. at United was awful. Oh, wait a minute. Was there? Was his? Let's not get bogged down. <laughs> no, in no, no, no. Jose need... Mourinho's manager of Spurs. I Rosh. want the truth in this. <laughs> I in, don't care. That statistic about Ferguson <laughs> is misleading because <laughs> there's a whole heap of games that might have been in the old first division, which means that Ferguson is an overrated and crap manager. <laughs> Well, okay, so, history will bear out that statement. So back on the important story of the day. Yes. Did you see that um, there's this new halloumi chicken burger? <laughs> you, you, know, you know what it's called? No. Halloukin. Oh, oh, God. That's a true story. No. A true story. Um, do you know, the, the, I, the thing that really <laughs> got me on that story football, yeah. was not just the... It wasn't like the one story because that didn't surprise me that much. Let's let's be honest. We have been talking about it about Pochettino, about getting, Pochettino fired. getting fired. Yeah, okay. Uh, we you know we've been discussing that. Yeah. You, I thought he might get fired. You two didn't. Although yeah. I'm going to give you some credit here because you said that if manager is going to get fired, it's often in this international. This break. is the break to do it. Was. But it was like the it was the one two punch. It was the yeah. second punch that got me, and I was like, wait a minute, that happened very quickly. Which yeah. means they had a plan. And the plan was Mourinho, and they may have... Did they only figure out this plan during the international break? I don't know, but I want to hear what you both think about it. Well, I think Pochettino getting fired is a massive mistake, in my opinion. I think Spurs don't realise how good they've got it. They've come fourth uh, in the top four for the last five years. which And the fifth, they came fifth. Yes, um, and they hadn't done it... They'd done it four times in 22 years before that. They've been performing above where they're at as a squad for the last five years under him. And now they've got rid of him. They've brought in the most miserable bastard on the planet who is plays football not like Spurs play, not like that squad play. I just think it's a disaster. Okay, so I guess it's, it's going to be important to talk about a few things here, to talk about Pochettino and then talk about Mourinho. So from, yeah. from a Pochettino perspective... So word on the street is that all was not well, right? Now you can yes. tell all was not well. The yeah. squad was knackered. They they've been he drives a squad hard and five and a half years without any replenishment, practically any replenishment, yeah. at least the last two years without any replenishment, it really puts them under pressure. And again, word on the street is that players <laughs> from were your sources. Yeah, from my streets. from my from my sources, is that players were avoiding him. Like his demeanour around the club for the last few months has been Prickly, it's probably a nice yeah. way to put it. Well, since the Champions League final, yeah, since, since the, the summer Champions when he remember he disappeared for two weeks after the Champions yeah. League final and, and didn't talk to anyone. And there was the you know questions he made those comments before the final of maybe it's going to be his last game, uh, and then went away. He go to go to Argentina or, or whatever, yeah, and, just, and disappeared. Just, di- just disappeared, and then came back two weeks later and was a glum version of himself. It's been prickly ever since. So you'd argue that what should have happened is he should have left in the summer, yeah, 100%. or the club should have worked with him to understand why he was so sad yeah. and said, Maurizio, how can we help? <laughs> and, and and hopefully that would have included buying players. That, yes. I guess you can say that they got in Dombele and, and they got Sessegnon, but you know they certainly didn't replenish the way they needed to replenish. No. Not when clubs in the Premier League are buying five, six, seven players. They didn't do that. They broke the transfer record, but when you're trying to replenish a squad that doesn't have competition, breaking your record on one player is not the solution. Mm. It's what they should have been doing when they had a really good squad yeah. to, to replenish that squad as you go. That's what top teams do, and they haven't been doing that. So he was a bit prickly. Players weren't... The, you know, the reaction of the players today has been quite emotive. So yeah. you've seen Deli Ali and Harry Kane, they've come out with... Um, 
with 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 tweets. Yeah. Are they tweets? Is that yeah, what you yeah, call them? Tweets. Tweets like a bird. Yes. Come out with tweets. Tweet, 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 tweet. tweet. <laughs> um, saying, oh, Rizzio, brother, friend, father, like, yeah. we love you. Yeah. But actually, in the real world, for the last two months, they haven't been like that at all. No. And if they had performed on the pitch, I'm not sure that we'd be where they are now. And I'm sure they probably think a little like that. I think you make a good point about that the players were worn out by Pochettino. Like we've talked about how he has video cameras on the training ground and watches their body language as they arrive and says, Delhi, why aren't you all happy and smiley today on Tuesday morning when it's minus three and snowing, you've got to train. Like he's really on them. And so if you drop by 2%, the whole team gets worse. And you can see that that's happened this year. They've gone that down that couple of percent and he's lost the players. The players aren't on board. They're not going, yeah, let's do this. As but soon I, as that I, happens, he's kind of out of a job, isn't but he? But I think that well, but I think that's about him in terms of the we talked about it. He he made that team better. Like as a team, they you know the sum of their parts is better than they were individuals for a number of years when they finished within the in the top four, and a lot of that is the way that his team plays yeah. and you know the press and the intensity. Now. And we've talked about it a bit this year. He's been a little bit less engaged, and that five five percent off, which then means you lose that five percent from the team, and then, as you said, a number of the players are. Now, it came to a head after the Champions League final because yeah. I think that was their, you know, he got them that far, kind of against the odds. And then I almost think whatever happened after that, it wasn't necessarily going to go well. Um, but I also think one of the things you had with that, you had players getting ideas about where they belonged. And yeah. maybe, you know, we should be playing at this level every, on a, year. every yeah. year and we're great. And I'm looking at people like Ericsson. Mm. But I actually think this goes back to the season before when they didn't sign anyone. Anyone. Yeah. anyone. Spurs did not sign a player yeah. the season before, yeah. which is just bizarre. Now, I think that we we know that Pochettino was not happy about that. And for a number of seasons, he's essentially, you know, <clears throat> he's seen his side progress, but he's kind of like, I've got them to a point, but now I need to replenish. I need to bring in players and Levy's not bringing in players. And so I think it was like, an, you know, a, a, there's a build up and then it just happened. The Champions League final was that trigger. Yeah. And then since he's come back, he hasn't, he hasn't been in it. Um, for Tongan, uh, doesn't want to renew his contract. There was Alderweireld Alde wanting to go, Rose. Danny Rose wanting to go, Ericsson wanting to go. Yeah. When you've got that many players, Kyle Walker went. Kyle Walker went. That many players in your first team, and yeah. you're still playing them, and they want to go. How can we expect so, them to play well? And that's yeah. it. So you look back, and we can do this with hindsight. In fact, we didn't even do it with hindsight. We did it as we we're going. Like, okay, yeah. well, why is it? So, what is the root cause of these players who are at the peak of their game? playing in a side that's playing Champions League football, getting to the Champions League final, finishing the top four, beating the best of the best, why is it they want to leave? Money? Well, it, we put it down to money, right? And we always talk about money and we yeah. go, okay, well, you know, they've got one big, Ericsson's got one big paycheck left. You know, we talk yeah. about things like that. But, you know, these players have got money. They're, they're, they're not looking money. for money. I think it's they think they're better than they are. Well, they think that they should be, you know, they they believe that they should be fighting for the title and they're bigger than Spurs. Okay, okay. So I I get that point. And I think if you're going to talk about someone like Mares at Leicester, that's a valid point. Mm. He thinks he's big. Even after winning the league, he goes, well, actually, I should be playing in, you yeah. know, whoever. 
But I think when so many players are either refusing to sign a contract or forcing a move away from a club, there is something inherently wrong. And I don't mean like, you know, Jose Mourinho wrong. I don't mean, I don't mean like bitter and twisted <laughs> yeah. and bad. I think there's part of them that are either fed up with it, they're exhausted, they're just going, I need something different because I can't just do this forever. I'm completely spent. So you think they it's are, a push rather yeah, than a pull? Yeah, I, I, I ex- exactly right. But then I also think that those players that are overachieving, so the players like, oh, say, Deli Alley, yeah. who is essentially better under Pochettino than he is without. Yeah. He looks at where he is now and goes, well, without this bloke, I would not be playing Champions League football. I would not be getting to the final. I need this level of of enforcement in my life. And look what that's made me achieve as an individual. But players who are actually very good, sorry, Delhi, yeah. um, are, are going, well, I don't need to be driven and ridden like this. I can go somewhere else, not be ridden and still achieve. And you go to, like it's been International Week, which no one cares about because this has happened now. Um, <laughs> but... Um, like you go away to international football and Raheem Sterling gets paid 300 grand a week at Man City. Now, Kane's not, I don't know, is he good at Sterling or whatever and stuff, but he's on 200k and you're like, I could get 50% more money. And it's not about just the money, but it's also, like you say, the environment of going, I'm having to give 110%. I'm not saying Sterling doesn't give 100%, but I'm in an environment that's so intense all the time. There isn't a rest up. And the club isn't going, oh, yeah, we're building for the future. Like, Sterling can sit in Man City and go, yeah, I'm going to work hard. And you know what? I'm probably going to win three or four leagues in the next five, six years. And I'm probably going to get to the late stage of the Champions League. And I'm going to be able to play for England. Spurs, you genuinely don't know. You're like, oh, we just got a scrape for- Oh, we scraped fourth. Oh, that's good. Oh, I can't relax now. And there isn't that momentum to build to something bigger and better. Yeah, so, so has uh, has it been a success this last five and a half year period, right? Yeah. Has has it been a success for Spurs? Oh, 100%. You don't think it has? No. Well, they've, they've, they've got they've to the Champions never, League. They haven't been like this for a long, long time. They've like, got the Champions how, League how are you final. measuring success? They've built a new stadium without going into debt. They like what they've done is incredible, but I do think five and a half years is a long, long time in football. And to have one manager for that long, he was like third or fourth longest serving manager in the UK, which shows, you know, yeah, you just got to refresh it. Like, I, I can get why he needs to refresh. I just don't think, well, no, we'll, we'll stay on Pochettino for now. Yeah, yeah, I, I just think, um, so when I say has it been a success, that he's won nothing, right? And we're always we've been going back to this for the last year or so. We're going, okay, well, if Pochettino leaves without winning anything, will will he have been a good manager? Now, of course, he's a good manager. We we rate him. There are there is a line of clubs out the door who would like to have Pochettino, but has he actually achieved anything at Spurs apart from transforming them from a might get to top four and be really happy with it with an expect that level of football? So their expectations of themselves has gone up. Now, you'd argue that they would have built that stadium without Pochettino. That was in their plan. You know, the manager doesn't come in and say, I'm going to build a new yeah, stadium. Yeah, true. The, the club does that. The club invests in that. And the manager either rides through it like Wenger did yeah. or he doesn't. So has he been a success? The club has progressed. But... Has, I think that's doing to Pochettino massively. Yeah, I, I, I think that with the resources that he's had available, like we talk every year pretty much in that five years, you can fact check me on this and it might not be right, but pretty much every year in that five years, Spurs ended up with net positive money, money. Yeah. from the transfers. Now, it is very difficult to progress from a might get top four team to a will get top four closest 
out of the top four to be challenging for the you know for the league on a number of um, well they came second in two of those yeah. five seasons. Now, I think that in order for them to progress past that, their club needed to invest more money in the squad. Yeah, be be careful to give Poch credit for not spending money and blame Levy for not buying players. There no, is a, there no, is a double no, standard here. No, 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 because what no. we're saying is Pochettino's coached the team so well, so he's made the best of what he's been given by Levy. Yeah, he is he is he is a great coach. Yeah. I wouldn't so, say his time at Spurs has been successful, but he's been a great coach. Oh, he's been incredible. No, I I disagree because like it depends how you're measuring that yes, you measure ultimately measure um success by how many trophies you win when you get to a certain point, but that depends on your starting point. Now I think the my answer to you on that would be if you are Spurs fans, do you think as a fan of your club, the last five years have been a success under Pochettino. I reckon about nine out of ten fans would over overwhelmingly say yes. Yeah. Okay, is it, oh, 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 let me go on. Let me pull this one apart a little bit. Yes, ask a Spurs fan. I'm not a Spurs fan, yeah. you know that. But, but ask a Spurs fan whether they have enjoyed the last five and a half years. And 99.9% of them will say, absolutely, it's been the best time of my Spurs supporting yeah. life. Yeah. However, they will be looking back right now going, this era is over and we have achieved net zero. And yeah. I mean I mean net zero, the trophy cabinet is the same. The trophy you, cabinet no, is the same. So when we look back in 20 years, we're going to go, oh, remember that Spurs team? That was a really good Spurs team. But we, I look back at a Pompey team that was an okay Pompey team that won the FA Cup. I, I look back at a Wigan team that was a crap Wigan team that won the FA Cup. I look back on things that I, I look at with kind of rose-tinted glasses at successes along the way. Yeah. Now, if you're a Spurs fan in 20 years, or if, let's say you're a 10-year-old Spurs fan, and all you remember in your life is this era of Pochettino, it's absolutely marvellous. And then you're going to grow up, and you're going to have kids, and you're going to say, well, when I was a kid, I watched the Pochettino Spurs, and we got to a final. No, I don't agree. Because no. I, I think I think the way football is now, I, I love the FA Cup, but I think the, the value of the FA Cup has been diminished. And I think the Champions League is now the, the be-all and end-all. And I think to have had sustained success in that competition and be in there is massive. And I think that you can't underestimate that as a measure of success. And beating teams it's like not, Real Madrid and yeah, Juventus. Yeah, it's not and... just about trophies. No, and he's built... A club that uh, a level, and it's just taken them to a next level. They can sign different players now. They can get Jose Mourinho as coach, and they can get these players in. They can go for players that are this level. Five years ago, they're signing people you haven't heard of. Like Danny Rose used to say, I have to Google the players that were signings. We don't know who they are. Um, well, they've got Harry Redknapp doing you know, um, deals on the side for people like Nico Cranjar. Yeah, or... and so they, he's lifted that whole club up another level. The expectation now is there, and I think that's huge. Like it's, if you look at Bournemouth, if you're a Bournemouth fan, have mm-hmm. the last five years been successful? Yes. Have you won anything? No. Like, but Bournemouth for the last five years have been in the Premier League, and for the 50 years before that, have never been in the Premier League. So it's no, success. I, I, I take that. I, think, I do think you make a valid point, and success is relative. I'd say that Pochettino has underachieved given the fact that he finished, he finished second in the league when Leicester won it. You would have hoped, or uh, pardon me, third, didn't Arsenal creep yeah, in? Yeah, but they should have yeah. won it should, They should have won it that year. Yeah, I'd yeah. say that is an underachievement. Well, I thought Arsenal should I'd say that there are a couple competitions in the last five and a half years that, that Spurs should have done better in. I'd say, you know, there have been moments in the last five and a half years where Spurs have not achieved to the standard that Pochettino has coached them to achieve. They had the ability to do better than he did. 
or Be- because of him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I credit him with putting them in that conversation. However, when you're in that conversation, look at Liverpool. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to sit here and praise Liverpool, but Liverpool in that situation make the most of it. They do that relentlessly. Jose Mourinho, well, Manchester no, I don't United. agree with that either because they no. they lost. The they league do. when they definitely should have won it and under they lost Brendan Rodgers. Well, they lost the Champions League final, and then, the, final, Champions and then League the very final. following year they won it. So I'm not saying yeah. that that's what Spurs should be aiming for this year. But okay, let's look at Manchester United. So when Mourinho was at Man United and won his treble, <laughs> you <laughs> include the Community <laughs> Shield, he won the Europa League and he won the League the, Cup yeah. in a year that Man United were essentially terrible. And he is a very limited. You know, we will talk about but, him but in a minute. Mar- Mourinho <laughs> is a great winner, right? But and he will. If that, if your measure of success is purely trophies, then Mourinho is probably one of the greatest managers that there's ever been. Well, not purely right? trophies. I'm just saying that, relatively speaking, he put Spurs in a position where they could have achieved more than they did under his stewardship. But there's even a, we even talk about teams being a bit Spursy yeah. because Spurs have such a historical reputation of being flaky. Yeah. So. I just think you can't done... underestimate that. I think you can't yeah, underestimate we, that they're naturally flaky. They're naturally flaky, <laughs> but which has got nothing to do with Pochettino. But I think you have to, like, as I said, like they're making money from the in the transfer market, mm. so they're not they're not, you know, investing huge amounts in the squad. That suggests so he's getting the best out of the players that he can, and he is to get from the finishing in Champions League as a one-off, or like doing what Leicester did and even winning the league as a one-off compared to consistently and sustaining that success of moving from a fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth club into that top four bracket at the time that they did it, I think is a significant success. And this week there's been a thing come out about uh, wage bills for all the 20 Premier League clubs. Spurs' wage bill is the sixth highest and they've every year for the last five years become above sixth and their wage bill is sixth. Everton's a seventh, which is not surprising. Yeah, it's exactly what you'd expect, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but then there's obviously teams like Man United who are performing below their wage bill, which is third in the league or whatever. And so Spurs every year are performing above their... And if you go across the leagues in Europe, generally, if you the Champions League quarterfinals last like five years, eight teams in it, always seven of them are the richest. Like, uh, do, you know, do you know, there is a, there is a whole... Um, school there's a whole methodology on judging a team's success on their wage bill versus their transfer dealings and you have a far more accurate metric of how well a team will perform by looking at the wage bill than how much their squad cost or squad is worth and their squad costs nothing and their wage bill sixth and they've come fourth or higher every year that for me is incredible like that so if you're a Spurs fan right now and you look back on this because you're now looking but you're now in mourning looking back on this going okay we start again Right? Do you look back and are you slightly disappointed with the fact that you didn't capitalise on being excellent? No. Well, no, yes. I think, yes, you, you can be disappointed, but that's very different from saying it wasn't a success, which mm. is what you're saying. So I think that, yes, the Spurs fans would be disappointed that they didn't cap a very successful era for their club with a trophy to put a line under it and, you know, just dot mark it. But... They didn't, but I don't don't think you can say it's not a success. Now I want to move just move slightly from Pochettino onto Mourinho. No, no, okay. I want to go to Levy first. Yeah, okay, no, that's which fine. will yeah. which will go to Pochettino. Yeah. Um, so 
Spurs, uh, you know, it's been well documented today. 14 points from 12 games so far this year. Not great. Bigger sample size, 25 points from the last 24 games, which is essentially relegation yes. form. Yeah. Um, and we perhaps talked about it's been since the Champions League and that was kind of the, the tipping point. But it had been a build-up before that. Yeah. We also talk about those metrics you just mentioned for success in terms of overachieving. So I think up until now, Levy would maintain that he has run Spurs as a very successful club because it's been financially sustainable and they've had success. They've got in the Champions League. And this is why I just find the decision today a little bit bizarre. Now, I thought, as we said, I, I was on the train of Levy might be ruthless and sack Pochettino because he needs to get in the Champions League whereas you guys thought the only way that Pochettino would go would be mutual consent or yeah because uh, they've or, got to pay him out he, pay, he gets eight and a half got, million a year and he's got three and a half years left That's so like and 30 it, mil. it was very clear in the announcements today that he was sacked very much it was so, not yeah. like by mutual consent no. it was Levy going no nah, the results aren't yeah and, and I I mean I I don't know whether it's the right thing to do or not, but the thing that I find bizarre about it is I think that if you bring in a new manager, a new manager wants to spend money. And Jose and, loves spending and, and money. And Jose loves spending money, and he'll have very clear ideas on how he wants the squad to look, and he will already know which players in that squad he wants and which ones he doesn't. Now, Pochettino had those same ideas too. And he let Levy know the players that he thought needed to go and what he needed to regenerate the squad. And Levy didn't invest the money at those times. Now, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but would he not have been better investing that bit of money then and and doing that then and keeping Pochettino engaged with the club and regenerating rather than just pushing and pushing and pushing to the point where something pops out the top, which is Pochettino, and now he's going to spend a hell of a lot more money. It's the the Bruce... Benitez again yes. all over yeah. again it's you know you say no to Benitez all again yeah. and again and again until he buggers off and then you give Bruce anything he wants yeah and what's going to happen I just find the, it bizarre the weird like it's happened what day is it Wednesday of the second week of the international break so there's in theory it should have happened right at the start of the international break give Mourinho two weeks to get bedded in um, and well, I reckon the reason is because they've been negotiating with Well, him. exactly. That's what I was going to say. Is I think they've been negotiating for the last 10, 15 days over it, and it will all come down to what Mourinho can spend. And he'll be going, I want this, this, and this, and he'll know exactly the three or four players he wants to buy and wants to spend. And it will be huge amounts of money, and they would have gone on and on and on and on about it, and now he's in. I Let's move on to Mourinho, but I before we do, I just can't understand why Spurs haven't gone for a younger, more interesting, future-looking manager. Like, Julian Nagelsmann at Leipzig, who's 32, which is ridiculous. Um, Eric Van Ten Hag, who's the Ajax, Ajax manager. Ajax, yeah. Um, someone... Uh, Harry, Eddie, Eddie Howe has been no, whispered, John. No, no, Eddie Howe. <laughs> um, Harry Redknapp was on the radio last night and said Chris Wilder. And I was like, no, you're... Oh, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. But, <laughs> okay, but uh, you know, the other thing with that as well, same point, you've gone from one of the most intense managers in the Premier League which you talked about maybe the players are a bit sick of it to Jose Mourinho he's like the most intense manager ever it's not like the players are going to go oh thank god we've got rid of that intense like megalomaniac uh, we've now got a nice relaxed character coming in who oh, might nice, cha- change yeah. the vibe we, a bit like, sort of the megalomaniac for a narcissist <laughs> yes. Great. Yes. Um, okay so here's, here's a segue statistic okay okay 
So Jose Mourinho's points per game ratio at United was 1.89 points. That's the same as Pochettino's at Spurs. Pochettino's at Spurs is 1.89 points. Yeah, wow. So what have they done? The so that, that is Pochettino's record at Spurs. At his whole Spurs, Spurs career. career. Now, I, I do. it's a little bit harsh because, as we said, the last 24 games are going to have a significant bearing on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are. No, they, mean, they've, they've, averaged, they've averaged one point but a we game. Can, so like, we, okay, so if he had 10 games and the last two games he got beat 9-0, that would be a bit harsh to judge him yeah. on the record. But the last 25 games, you, you can't say that's harsh to judge him on the last 25 games. Well, I think games. it had because I think his head was gone. I think that at that point... I, yeah. I actually think Spurs needed to make this decision in the summer. I agree. His, yeah, his head, yeah, his yeah. head had completely end of last back end of last year after Champions League. You know, you could just even before the Champions League, it was kind of like everyone's peddling yeah. really hard just to get to that last bit, and then it all fell over in a heap. But that's also a very interesting stat because I mean, if we think of Mourinho's time at United, all anyone would say sum it up in one word be miserable yeah, or like it, there'd be nothing positive about it and we've just been going on about what a success Pochettino why, was why do you hire <coughs> Jose Mourinho to win a trophy Daniel Levy has just gone this has gone fine we're not in debt we, we just haven't won a trophy who's free lives in London and will get me a trophy Jose Mourinho but okay so but, it's, uh, I'll, and do you I'll, think that's what it is yeah 100% that's the only reason he'll get a trophy across the line but what I said when uh, on the shed when Man United hired Jose Mourinho is he'll be there two and a half, three years, he'll win a couple of trophies, and then everyone will hate him at the end and he'll hate everyone. It will be exactly it's, the same at Spurs. I, I agree. The, the thing that you have to think about Mourinho, it's not what he does at a football club, it's how he leaves a football club. Yeah. When he left Chelsea both times, it was in a complete mess, as yeah. a disgrace. The players didn't want to play for him. The media was sick of him. Everyone was sick of him. Mm. Left Manchester United. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Like the guy leaves clubs in a disaster state, and in fact, he he waits to get the sack. Yeah. He he will he will do what Poch did essentially. I'm, yeah. so, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry if I'm tired. Yeah. I don't know that situation as well yeah. as you've seen the behaviour of Jose Mourinho. But he will become bitter until it's better for a club to pay him out than have him stay there yeah. because he ain't going anywhere. It's like when you're sitting so, up with a girlfriend but you don't want to go, oh, I don't want to see you anymore. You just be mean. Just, just be an arsehole. Just yeah. become a dickhead, <laughs> yeah. So he's he just becomes a dickhead. So it, the reason why, if I was a Spurs fan right now, I'd be in mourning. It's not just because of losing Poch. I don't want to con- contradict myself because yeah. I'm saying, it's over, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think he's an excellent manager. Yeah. That's my bottom line. But... I would also be looking at this as a complete end to a ride that I've been taking because even though Mourinho might win them the trophy, we might say that success. We might talk about it and go, great, this is the end because in two years' time, the disaster that club will be in will mean it needs rebuilt, started again, and that will have been a choice that put them there. And I think it's interesting now that the idea of Mourinho coming into your club is instantly, oh no. And like, I, there's nothing else I can think of. Like... I don't know many Spurs fans, but I'm sure they're trying to go... I've seen a bit on Twitter of people going, oh, yeah, I guess I've got to get behind him, but I don't really like him. No one's excited. No one's going, yes, we've got Jose. He's the guy who wins the Champions League with Porto. He's going to win his... Everyone's going, oh, this is going to be sad. And Jeff, you said to us just before recording that 
I'm not looking forward to Mourinho back being back in the media and you're spot Be back on. in my life. I yeah, don't want him I, there. No, just like... Oh, and how's he going to get on with Levy? Like I was, I was talking oh. to a Spurs fan today and he's reading lots of stuff on the forums and one of the comments that came out was, um, you know, Levy and um, Mourinho will probably get on like toothpaste and orange juice. <laughs> like, it, you just... I can't see it happening. I'm no. like, I just think it is a bizarre, bizarre decision by Levy. If, for some miracle... He can find Jose Mourinho from 10 years ago when he still had a glint in his eye and a love for the game and wasn't a bitter, bitter man, then maybe. But we've seen that he's... I think Mourinho has a shorter shelf life than other managers because of his intensity and the way that he takes so much on himself. Like when we saw him, when he was at his best, you know, he did it with a bit of a smile. Uh, yeah. uh, you know all his antics mm. and he took pressure off the players like when I think of him as that first time round at Chelsea when they're at their best yes he was an arsehole but the players loved him yes yeah. now later in his career he's lost that because he's been bitter and burned out and he doesn't take it on himself he actually turns on the players we saw at United yeah. now I, I cannot believe that anybody saw Jose Mourinho at United and will pick him up and but you're right, maybe it's because he wins trophies. But he's been on TV recently and he's been bitter and twisted on TV recently. Yes. It's not like he's yeah. kind of like... He's chilled out. He's not come back and gone, oh, he's had basically a year off. He's gone on holiday and gone backpacking and found himself. Like, he's just sat in London miserable. So let's, let's talk about the football. Um, okay. The way Spurs play mm. is very, very different to the way Mourinho sets up a side. Yes. So... For those who have not been following Mourinho's career as intently as uh, as we have, he he plays not to lose and tries to win. Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's pragmatic. Is that a good way yeah, to describe yeah, yeah, yeah. it? Yeah, um, he's, he's the most he's the most pragmatic manager I've ever seen in Premier League. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, um, I heard a comment um, after the Man City Liverpool game where he was talking about the way Man City set up against Liverpool. They said, "Ah, oh, you know." They basically said they're idiots. He goes, the yeah. way you need to set up to beat this Liverpool side is you need to cut off the space between their their centre forward and their two wingers. So essentially, Salah, Mane and Firmino. So yeah. you need to play a really tight back four to cut off the space between them so they can't cut inside because they cut inside all the time. So let me just kind of take a step back. He said the way to beat Liverpool is to defend. Yeah. His advice for winning that game was to defend better. Now, that is a microcosm of how Mourinho likes to manage. What he will like to do is he'll cut off your supply line. He, he, will, he will frustrate you. He will disrupt your play. And he has, in the past, had players like Drogba up front who yeah. can do a job, which means you give them a chance and they score it. He had Lampard in the prime of his career. Yeah. Um, he had players like Essien who, yeah. who could do exactly the same and they could drive forwards from a pivot position. He had the, he had the best defensive midfielder that we've had in the Premier League in Makaleli. Yeah. Like he, he had the players to, to frustrate, to, to to make a mess of someone else's strategy and, and then implement his incredibly quickly. And you and he's always said that the transition between defence and attack is the most important moment in a game of football. It's that split second where you have the opportunity to defend well and put it up the other end. That's the important bit. So... If you are a Spurs fan and you hear that, you think we have been, we've had five years worth of high press, yeah. possession football, where we're looking to to steal the ball high at the pitch. We're looking to again transition play it really pace. quickly, play at massive pace, be fit, transition it through the middle of the park when you have to, play out the back for when you have to, play long when you have to. They are a dynamic team. They play with um, inter traditionally interchangeable fullbacks yeah. that bomb on. 
It is not Mourinho football. And forget about the last five years as well. It's not just the five years. Like if you think of Spurs and the Spurs philosophy, you know, going back through the nineties and eighties, yeah, they may not have had success, but it's always been. You know, I think about you know, um, like Klinsman playing and and Ginola, and then you go go back further to Dimitrescu and uh, yeah, and you know, like days of of Hoddle, and Mm. it's just like David Ginola. It's Mm. completely different. Like Spurs were like, you know, they're going to be great to watch. They're flaky as all hell, yeah. um, but that they've got a history of that. So We've Mourinho about, doesn't fit. But like exactly, and we talked about Mourinho last year when he was at Man United, uh, how he was out of date. Like football has moved on, Mourinho hasn't moved on. He would bag out Luke Shaw at Man United and say he's an idiot and talk about him for public and just bash everyone down. And we said the game's moved on and Mourinho hasn't. And we've seen the managers of the. Guardiola's and Klopp's um, Southgate or whatever the young people coming through and trying a bit different and seeing the Mourinho's of this world and Big Sam's and whatever disappear the David Moyes and go you know that that was old school but it's not really working now Spurs have gone back five years eight years and got that guy I just think it's a massive but he's not that old it's just that as I said I think he's like his where he's at as a manager is older than he is as a human because mm. of his character and the way he is. So I mm. don't think he can have a long managerial career because no. it's so he was he's always been so intense that I reckon so he's he, got two and a half years in him. That's it. Yeah, I reckon he yeah. loses ten years from just being like that. Yeah. And so I, it, you're right. It is ultimately at best it's a short term fix. So okay. why why would Could, you do that? Go on, Jeff. I'll just say, um, back, you know, the, the style of football, it's very unspursy to get that type of manager, too. Yeah. So if you look through their managerial appointments, Martin Yole, right? He was yeah, meant to be the new, the new Dutch at, yeah. uh, attack. Tim Sherwood didn't have a defensive bone in his body because he couldn't organise a defence. Yeah. All he wanted to do was score more than you. Yeah. Um, look at Redknapp, look at Villas Boas. They, they were all very attacking managers. They might not have had the intricacy uh, and interplay that um, Pochettino had, yeah. but what they were trying to do as a club was create this kind of English Real Madrid. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, like the Lily Whites. They were trying to, they were trying to, to become this, almost like a modern-day classic Leeds United. How do you think... Two questions. Um, we'll do the players first. How do you think people like Son, Kane... Danny Rose is in a weird position at the moment. The Christian Eriksons of this world who wants to leave. How do you think is Mourinho going to get those guys on board? Because from watching at Man United, he didn't get people on board. He didn't get the Lukaku's of this world going. Oh yeah, I'll die for you, Pogba. It didn't happen. Is he going to be able to do that at Spurs? I don't think he is. I can't see Harry Kane coming out in a few weeks' time going. Oh. Really glad Jose Mourinho's here. It's the best thing that's happened to my football career. I'm playing better than ever. He's going to become a target man that stands there and he just gets balls pinged at his head. I I mean, I agree. No, would be my simple... Like As I said, the only way that happens is if Mourinho can find the... You know, the manager he was or the man he was 10 years ago without this massive chip on his shoulder. If he can do that, then... Yes, because because yeah. I think that they, if you went back and asked those Chelsea players that played under him at that point, they had a lot of love for him as a manager. Mm. Um, but now, no way. Like I, how you know they 
but everything's out there now. Everyone saw the implosion at United and saw that everyone was having a shit time. All the Spurs players would have seen that. And then you put a puppy in charge and, and they then, do brilliantly. And then, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So how can... I just think all of them will be looking at this and reacting in a very similar way to us thinking, this is a disaster. What is my exit plan? Yeah, they, they will be nervous on day one, not excited. Do you know, I've just had a, a eureka moment. Do you know what's going to happen? Go on, John. In January... Zlatan's going to go to Spurs. <laughs> Jose <laughs> loves Zlatan. And Spurs don't have a backup striker and they need a backup striker that's a big lump and it's free. Zlatan's free. <laughs> and it's free. Yeah, you're right. Well, Zlatan, I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy Zlatan for all his faults. So My, um, my last question on Spurs then, where are they going to finish this year? They are sat in 14th um, on 14 points. It is a very bunched league. Yeah, three points off fifth. So it could change around very quickly. But as we've said, the idea at Spurs is you finish fourth now. We've paid for the big stadium. We have to finish at fourth every year. Do you think they can actually finish fourth? I under If Pochettino is still there, in the back of my head, I had them to win the league this year. That was a disaster. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but in the back of my head, when Pochettino is still there, um, the... Uh, they could recover. They could recover. Sessignon you know, uh, has just got fit Le coming Celso. back. Lo just got fit coming back. And Dombele looks like a real player. Yeah. You know, Ali's back from injury. So I, I kind of, I felt like in the last few weeks there's been some signs. So, I mean, if I was Levy, I would have essentially said to Poch, I'm sorry, I'll back you in in January. Next summer I will. Let's reset. Let's see how we can go with this team. But if Pochettino wasn't on board, then I'd say you've got to, you know, this is is what we're going to do. You're either 100% in or you're 100% out. Now, I I think they should have done that at the start of the year, and I don't know if they did. But I agree. I, I saw upside with Spurs, and it is a bunch league. I think it's less likely now. Yeah. I just, I, I, there's, there's a part of me that just wants it to be a real disaster, like, like relegation, a, like disaster. a proper, like Mourinho comes in, Harry Kane goes, "Fuck this, I'm going to Bayern Munich in January," and it all blows up, and Spurs. Is, okay, so you goes wrong. We've seen it get better in the last in the last few weeks. At least that's the perception. Disagree. So I watched uh, the Everton Spurs game. Uh, I don't necessarily mean the way they're playing. I mean uh, just players coming back. Yeah. And, okay. There, because there was scope for improvement. Because the Everton game, the Spurs were horrible, oh, just as horrible awful. as Everton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Sheffield United game last week was it that last yeah. week? The week before? Yeah. Um, the last Premier League game week. Sheffield United were excellent that day. They they dominated, dominated the middle Spurs. middle of the park. Yeah. Like they they scored a goal after thirty two passes or something. Yeah. Like like Spurs had no gumption. They they had no high press. No nothing, intensity. No intensity at all. And Sheff- and they couldn't cope with the tactics of Sheffield United. You know. And if it wasn't for this, that was going to happen on this week's shed. I was going to sit here, look at Sheffield United's next um next fixture. Who are they, who are they playing? Man United. Man United. And I tip Sheffield United. Like I, I've I've really. Fallen in love with the way they play football. So and would, I was, would you have sacked Pochettino in this in this uh, trans, you know international break we've just had? Do you think Levy's made the right decision in getting rid of Pochettino? Forget about Mourinho for a minute. Do you think he's made the right decision? No, and, and I'm going to say no because I think that you deserve more when you when you've been 
their five and a half years, turned down Real Madrid twice, turned down Man United. I just feel like you have more credit in the bank than that. That's and a, you make a very good point there. He has turned down Real Madrid twice, Man United, got into the Champions League three months later. Last year, got yeah. to the Champions League final. Three months ago. And then uh, they just got so down. I just think that you have more credit in the bank than that. And and it should, it, nothing else, it should be mutual consent and it should be something that goes, you know, we've decided to part ways, everyone comes out and goes, oh, my heart wasn't in it. Like, whatever you do, getting sacked and then within 12 hours having Marino take your job, I think that's a real dog act. But that's Levy. Yeah. Like he's he's a ruthless man. Like that does it doesn't necessarily surprise. And I mean, you have to credit him that I think he must have had a plan. We like did. We, you know, I always mm. talk about it. Oh, is it mm. panic or plan? Like yeah. it's you know the way this has happened. There's no way that it, it was. You know, this has been worked on for at least over the whole international yeah. break, probably longer. But I just I don't see it going well. I I mean I. I have absolutely no idea. You you started this with where are they going to finish? Yeah, and I've got no idea. But I will say I think they're less of a chance to finish in the top four now than they were uh, before they sacked Pochettino. I think if I'm honest with myself, I think they're going to scrape top four, and I'm going to hate it. What I want to happen is them to get relegated. You think they'll get top four? Yeah. No. Nah. I think if I'm honest about, I just I can't stand Jose, but he will come in and. Who find are you dropping then from your top four? Leicester Chelsea. or Chelsea? Chelsea. I don't. I don't agree. I don't think they'll get top six even. I just. I just don't. I think they'll finish mid table, and it, this is not. Then just, why bring him in? This like, is just, well. I'm not saying it's a fact, Roger. Yeah. No, <laughs> I know, but that's, but that's what I mean. I agree with you. Like it just. It just seems like a what. What are they? I mean, I'm guessing. What in Levy must think that he has a better chance of not just success overall, but success this season, which is now making it back to the Champions League. He yeah. felt like he had to change something yeah. to get that, and he feels like Mourinho is the best man he could get out there at the moment to get him in the Champions and League. And this isn't a transition period. This is a transition three years. Yeah, they haven't embarked on going. Okay, we finished tenth, and then okay, well next year is going to be rock solid. It's not the case. Finish 10th, everyone questions Mourinho, it becomes a, a fucking shit show. Yeah. And we're going to be here for the next three years having to talk about Mourinho every week on the bloody shed. I hate my life. Well, so let's move on from Mourinho. But yeah, let's, <laughs> let's make kind of a pact now that Mourinho goes in the VAR box that you go, once every so often we open it, most of the time, just fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, I'm completely with you. Um, so that was a cool 45 minutes on uh, Spurs. Well, so we haven't got much time left in the shed. So just a quick roundup of what's happened this week. It was International Week, which no one really cares about. England beat Kosovo 4-0. Um, so and what, it looked really good. What is it about Kosovo loving England? Because when the war was happening in Kosovo, yeah. um, apparently all our people that went over there were very nice and we did a good thing. So they're just... Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know who the ins and outs They're all over it, are they? Yeah, yeah but they loved us. Yeah. Um, and they... Well, we supported their cause during the Balkans conflict yeah. as well. Yeah. And um, the stadium hold, held 13,000 people. 300,000 people applied. Whoa. And like Kosovo... It's probably two or three million people there. Like one in ten people went, I want to go to that game. That is brilliant. I love yeah. that. Um, but England got through. Uh, Wales made it through this morning as well. Um, quick run through of other teams that have qualified. Austria, Belgium, Croatia, Czech Republic, Denmark, Finland, Timu Puki, France, a couple of goals. Germany, Italy, Holland, Poland, Portugal, Russia, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland and Turkey and Ukraine. We now have got a hat-trick. Who's going to win the... Euros in 2020. England. Just going straight out there. Well, yeah, of course. Why but not? But the final and the semi-finals were in Wembley. 
Like, tell me a good reason why England won't win that. I genuinely, no, I think they have the best front three. If you look go across Europe, I think we have the best front three and backups for that front three. Yeah. So we can score. We've obviously scored a lot of goals in qualifying. I don't see there's a lot of defence is an issue, but I don't see many reasons why they can't win it. Yeah, it was like the second most goals England have ever scored in a calendar year, and that was like pre-wartime history. Yeah. That I, I just think that, we've discussed this before about international football, there is no perfect team because you're limited to who is from your country. Mm. You know, And look at a, a team like Wales, you can have League Two conference players. And, and Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale, and yeah. you'll qualify because that's great. So England have a remarkable amount of good quality players for a national side. Yeah. And some of you, what we deem some of the best, you know, when we look at Belgium and the Netherlands and, and really good squads, yeah. they've still got daily blind. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. You, there is no perfect international side unless it really is just, you know... It's Brazil or the whatever. S- yeah. Sperm donors have, like, got going 18 years <laughs> but, ago and you're I ready to go. things... I read something this week that made me realise how much things have changed in the England football setup, and this I think a lot of it is attitude and, and coaching. I was reading an interview with um, Philip Albert. The um, he looked really fat. Ex, oh, he, he looked he, great. I love <laughs> Philip Albert. He just he's like a fat version of himself. Well, he's been a greengrocer for the last oh, brilliant uh, twenty years or something. But he's um, so this is ex <laughs> ex Newcastle uh, centre back who was renowned for his moustache and scoring a particularly <laughs> brilliant goal against United when they won 5-0 at Old Trafford. 5-1, um, we scored 1-1. One. 1-1, one, sorry. I, I always had a soft spot for him. Anyway, I was reading an interview and he was talking about uh, his time under Keegan. And he loved it. Absolutely loved Newcastle. Loved playing for Kevin Keegan. But he said one thing that always shocked him was they only used to get to the ground between 90 minutes and an hour before the game. And there was very little discussion about tactics before any of the games. Essentially, Keegan used to just say, get it forward quickly to the guys that are good. <laughs> really? <laughs> and that was the tactics. Like, it was just Ooh. get the ball. We got some good blokes. We got some good blokes out wide. We got some good blokes up front. <laughs> just just get it there quick. <laughs> and that was literally, that was a, generally the tactical input that the manager had. That's awesome. Now, I think for years, that was the way that in England we looked at coaching. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And we were so far behind Europe. And I think we've only in recent times, like, we, you know, there was the massive FA shift and in investment in the coaching structures and what have you. And I think we're now starting to see the fruits of that. We've got, you know, a, a way of playing. We're seeing, a, you know, youth, youth success that's now starting, we hope, to transition into success with the national team. And now I look at it and I'm like, I look at our team now and the way that we just dismantled to not great teams but not the not the worst oh, teams in it used Europe. to be they would scrape one nil yeah we would struggle and now you've got every confidence like Kosovo aren't a bad team we're winning one nil for a while and then in the end bang we just turn it on for 10 minutes score another three goals it's a four nil win i think there are very few yeah. sides in europe that can do that mm. however we won't win it it'll probably be germany <laughs> you know, i don't think i no. I don't think it'll be Germany. I have a sneaky feeling Italy might do it this year. They're, they're oh, looking good. And no. their under-21 squad is looking really good yes. too, which no, makes you think They'll that, have a disaster at some point. That, um, yeah, in a year's time, some of their under-21s will have, will have graduated. Yeah. So I think that they are ones to watch, John. Tony Cruz is 
definitely one of my favourite players in the so day. So he's just like the ultimate field against Ireland this morning. He was so good. He's just different class. Um, let's quickly look forward to any other Premier League games this week. We want to look forward to the Premier League is back. Yeah, I've got a keen eye on Wolves Bournemouth. Wow, really? My only, <laughs> my only, my only problem. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem I've got with well, that we were game. just waiting for it to be a sarcastic quip. <laughs> no, 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 no. I genuinely, I'm interested. Um, the only problem is it's at Bournemouth, so you can't watch it on the telly. Um, oh, you hate the stack of oh, the yeah, cameras. It's the most annoying angle. I never, I never watch Bournemouth yeah. games. I just can't watch Bournemouth games because the camera angle is so It's like low. you're at ground level. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like you're in the stand, but... You watch on telly, so you want to not be in the stand, yeah. you know, not unless yeah. you're actually there in the stand. Yeah. Anyway, I just think that that's going to be quite an attractive game of football. Um, for the one for the purists, I'd say. I, I think I'm really looking forward to the Sheffield United Man United game um, because, as you said, Sheffield United have been probably team of the season so far and surprised everyone. Who knows what Man United are going to do? We're seventh now, so maybe we're doing okay but probably had your best performance of the season just before the international break yeah the international break almost came at a bad time because we were getting a bit of momentum um, but you've, you've both missed it you've missed the big game again like it's, I mean we got some grief for some Liverpool fans last week for our coverage of the Man City Liverpool game you can't go past Palace Watford Burnley you can't go past Palace Liverpool because it's Palace Palace of the team now Palace yeah. of the team now yeah. the other thing is Liverpool if they win this I believe it's uh, sorry, if they don't lose, I think it's 40 games. Or something Unbeaten. 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 Um, and there are only three other teams that have done that. So essentially, uh, it's a significant milestone game. And we know what Palace do in Destroy significant milestone, milestone games. Yes. So I actually think that Palace are a sneaky shout to... Um, yeah, okay. Well, uh, and to, the, just because that, of that, just because of a dumb stat. And also there's the West Ham-Tottenham game, which is going to be huge because of what mm. we've talked about. And Man City-Chelsea, I do think Chelsea can take points off Man City. I think... Uh, Even uh, away? away? I, I think so. I just think Chelsea are riding a wave right now. Um, and Man City fell off their surfboard. Um, no. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, can I just... For those who weren't planning to watch the Sheffield United-Man United game, I just recommend watching that game. Yeah. So uh, Just watch the whole thing on delay. I've, um, I've just watched uh, kind of tactical analysis and looked a lot into what Sheffield... Because, you know, I remember I told you a few weeks ago it made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. With their watching their when you suddenly see the, yeah. the uh, centre-back pop yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly right. <laughs> so so I've, I've done a bit of delving into it. And I must say, it is the most phenomenal thing that I've never expected to see because yeah. they are set up to do that. And when their centre-back, just like, let's imagine it, you know, left-back plays it to left-winger. Left-winger plays it back to an overlapping left-back and you're like, okay, he's going to cross it in. And then suddenly another fucking player appears <laughs> just, just, just over on the side and you're like, who's this bloke? But then if you... If Lumbering you, pass yeah, too, it, that's the best thing about it. It's not like massive... Pace going past. Like, gone, but, then a, but then a few things to note: they stay up there. So yeah. if once they've kicked, once they've tried to cross it, it was sometimes poorly. Yeah. They still stay there. They are still an attacking threat. They stand in the box like they're taking a corner or, or like it's a yeah. free kick to to be a heading opportunity. But then you kind of zoom out a little bit and try and look at the whole formation when that's happening. One of their midfielders drops into play centre back as that's happening, and and they alternate. So so it's not the same person. It's not like they've got a Kante who goes, I can I can sweep up at the back. Yeah. It's whoever is furthest back. They look at each other. They point. One person. 
takes it for the team and goes back and plays centre back. It is just phenomenal to watch. Yeah. It's so well drilled, and I've never seen anything like it. So if you weren't planning to watch that game, watch that game just for a footballing education. It's something you won't have seen before, and it makes it really interesting. Awesome. Um, has anyone got any side stories before we go? Um, I've got one. I've got one. Which I thought, I just saw something that was a bit weird. There was a milestone game for England this week. They played their thousandth game or whatever. Their thousandth game. Now, they brought on um, various players at half-time um, during that game. Yeah. Um, as you do. And I was sort of reading the names and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, they're b- big players and what have you and you recognise them. Yeah. Um, Glenn Johnson. Because they bought on everyone who's got more than 50 caps. Has Glenn Johnson got more than 50 caps? Yeah. Glenn Johnson was regular right-back. He was so poor. <laughs> he was he was really good for a little bit. I was just watching it, and then I saw you know it was like you know all these mm. all these you know big name players, um, and then I'm like, well, hold on, how yeah. did Glenn Johnson sneak on? <laughs> like, what's he doing there? Yeah. This is a bit odd. I just don't think of him being he in, was that in that same that, bracket. Like weird Capello Hodgson Dark Ages. Mm. Where... When we're playing Michael Richards at right back, like he was better yeah. than that. Yeah. Over fifty caps. Yeah, it's, it's wow. that point when international football like. We complain about international weeks from qualifying because they're a bit boring, but also England were awful and were losing 1-0 to Ukraine or whatever, and no one cared. And Glenn Johnson played in every single one of those <laughs> games, and he just kind of snuck in 50 caps. Without we'll, we'll be saying that about Ross Barkley soon. True. Um, I had a side story that actually came from Chris on Facebook about a guy called Michael Jolly. Oh, yeah? Who is the Grimsby Town manager. Um, although he's no longer the Grimsby Town manager because he was having a private rant with two of the two local radio presenters off air whilst they were talking to him. Oh no! And he swore fifty-eight times in that rant because he said they just give him a hard time. They're like, "Oh, you'll fucking do this, and you say this about me all the time," and they were still recording, so he got fired. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yes. No, we're not recording. Yes. We continue. But yes, so Michael Jolly got fired. So, uh, Mr. Jolly, who was a fucking cunt? Yes. <laughs> yes. Can um, we quote th- you on that? Yeah. My other side story was uh, I just noticed that Spain this week, Jesus Navas scored. What? Is, yeah, For is, Spain? Yeah, isn't he like... What? Yeah. Brazilian? No. Isn't he Brazilian? <laughs> no, that's Jesus. Uh, he, used to, but he did play oh, for that's Man, Gabriel Jesus. He did yeah, play sorry. for Man City. He's probably one of the worst players yeah. to play for Spain. Oh, Jesus wing. Navas. Yeah. Oh, yes. God. I understand. <laughs> um, wow, who's he playing for now? Spain. Someone in Spain. But he played one wing, other winger, Santi Cazorla. Yeah, he scored as well, didn't he, yeah, Santi what? Cazorla? Yeah, Santi Cazorla. Oh, come on, that is a good news story. The but doctor told is, doctor yes. told Santi Cazorla that he wouldn't walk again when, yeah. he, when he had his break. So the fact that he's scoring for Spain, you can't not And where's like he playing? He's doing well for an unfashionable club, isn't he? Yeah. Um, which is his original club. But he has... Um, because he had to sew up his ankle so much, he's got his tattoo from his arm. They use skin from it, so he's got his weird bits of tattoo on his foot. Whether he had to I'm so chuffed for that bloke. Skin. I love that bloke. But yeah, I just thought it was weird that they're yeah. old and back. Um, any other stories? Is that it? That's it? Is it end game time? Oh, end, game. end game. Are you guys ready? So Jeff, you're on end game because you won last week. Yep. So I'm winning four, two, two. two. No. You've definitely not won three. Yes, I have. No, you have crap at this. No. no, I have won three because you were initially winning. Yes. And you hadn't lost and you were on two. No yeah. one cares. And Just then winning. we had Move lots, lots of decisions, lots of conversations okay. about Four, it. three, two. Yes. Okay. So, so the game is. 
game is obviously for those who do not know the rules uh the winner of last week's game picks out a recent enough premier league fixture and you yep. both the losers of the previous week have to name the starting 11s yep uh, if you name correctly, it's the other person's turn. If you name only one loser, I if was you the quiz name master last week. A sub. <laughs> if you name a sub, you have to play again, and uh, last man standing wins. Who's going first before you mention the game? Uh, who lost last week? I did. John, you go first. Okay. Um, now I'd like to make it relevant. So what I've done is I've gone back to Jose Mourinho's last managerial debut, 2016. His first game for Manchester United. Oh, Jesus. Against Bournemouth. Now, I'll tell you the score. It was 3-1 United at home. <laughs> Look at the faces in the room. 2016. 16. David De Gea. Correct. <laughs> this is tough. Uh, Cook. At Bournemouth. Yeah. Correct. Um, oh, <laughs> that was a good one, Raj. Joshua King. Correct. Callum Wilson. Correct. Oh, I thought he might have had a dodgy knee. I was going to go with it. Um, I will go for Ashley Young. Came on as a sub, John. You oh, get to yes. go again. Yes. Um, who was who United at that time? Jesus. Slatan? Oh. Oh, tough. So United team was... Hold on, hold on. Oh, oh you yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go on. Uh, Zlatan. Say Zlatan. <laughs> Ryan Fraser? Be wrong, be wrong, and then I get to go again. Didn't even come off the bench. Didn't even go off the bench. What? Was he even there then? No. John. I just... 2016, so three years ago. Who played for (laughs) Man United three years ago? Um, Luke Shaw? Um... Cedric. Who's Cedric? He doesn't even play for <laughs> Yeah, he plays, plays for Southampton. Oh, he plays for Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. For some reason I had it was Bournemouth. Oh, dear. All right, John, away you go. You'll go, you'll go again. Um. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> That's the best. Um, oh. I can't think of... Oh, is it... Come on. Um... So Man United. God, this three is years awful, ago. isn't it? Yeah, we're, not, we're really not very really good. Really? Correct. In midfield. Oh yeah. Uh, Smalling. Correct. Scored a goal, an own goal. Oh Jesus. Uh, Phil Jones. <laughs> if he had to come on as a sub, right? Yeah. Bow, bow. Uh, Roger. Up to four. Unreal. So, uh, tough. To Hay and goal. Hold on, hold on. I've still got to get one right. right. It's it's happening again. again. <laughs> Come on, Rogers. Um, wow. 
got to be a United player, surely. Could Mike, get, Michael could... Carrick? Correct. Oh, where did that come from? Oh, that, God, was, that, that was, was a good word. So, Man United team was De Gea at the back, Valencia, Smalling, oh, Valencia, Bailey, got that. Blind, oh. Brothwick, Jackson, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Carrick, centre mid, Jesse Lingard, Martial, Wayne Rooney, Marcus Rashford, and Juan Mata. Okay, there were there were low hanging fruit yeah. in there, um, and, well, but it was very like. There's there's a number of those didn't have a lot of continuity. Yeah, exactly right. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and for Bournemouth, Federici in goal, Cook, uh, Francis, Daniels, Elphick. Yeah, oh, Elphick. Yeah. 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 Um, Dan Gosling, which you might have got. Mm. Uh, Pew on the left, Matt Ritchie on the right. Oh yeah, and you oh, got you got Ritchie. the rest. Yeah. yeah, very good, Rod. No Cedric. No Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst guess ever. Where did ever. Cedric come <laughs> from? I was like, oh, who's a Bournemouth right back? Oh, Cedric. Cedric. <laughs> Never played for Bournemouth. Oh, Jesus. Well, that makes it 4-4-2, so I'm officially way behind. So I have to improve my uh, gameplay. Well, that skills. was a good one, though, John. It was a bit of uh, a, bit of tension a in cliffhanger, that one. although the cliffhangingness was slightly reduced by Jeff trying to end it twice. <laughs> Quick game's a good game, guys. Quick game's a good game. Um, has anyone got anything before we no, go? it's good. <laughs> Um, thanks for listening everyone we will be back next week don't forget if you want to get in contact or ask us questions um, or tell us we're wrong about something find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com can I ask you a quick question before we go sorry yeah. uh, where's Pochino going to go ooh that is a good question I want him to go to Man United I think he'll go to Bayern Everton <laughs> <laughs> see ya see ya